Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Let's go. Let's go. All right, this is Bradford show. And when when we want the most notable, the the biggest media stars, the people who know what's what when it comes to what's what be turned to the people the people that need to be turned to and that's today it's jonathan papelbon what's going on man what's up rob how we doing man oh man I, the, the the adrenaline's coursing through my veins after hearing that song we just had some good uh walking oh, man music. i mean doesn't it just get you going i mean it's like you know everybody wants to talk about diaz these days man uh, you know i i gotta sometimes let some of these people know you know where where the walkout song came out, man, and, and who is number one of all time? And when you hear shipping to Boston, you know what's up. Ooh, well, number one of all time, uh, uh, the the yeah above yeah. Mariano. Ooh, yeah, yeah, okay, above Mariano. Mar- who who you talking about? Who's that? <laughs> well, I w- I will. And Brian Barris joining us, and Coop. You remember Coop from the podcast uh, with the great hair. And uh, all that good cannabis talk you guys had. Oh, so, yeah, Coop, with, with, yeah. with the boyish good looks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Coop, say what up. Pap, how you doing, dog? <laughs> What's up, my man? Yeah. I miss you. And, and by the way, we're going to get to it in a second. Coop, the commissioner. The commissioner, Pat. Commissioner of the oh, God, got, Show I got to give him his good hands, man. Oh yeah, well we got a lot to get man. to. We gotta, uh, I mean, if if anyone knows anything, the commissioner is just there to be the whipping boy. Like I'm just there to get yelled at. It, it's more than just a piece of metal, Coop. All right, so uh, so so Pap, uh, there's a lot to get to here. Number one, so when you talk about your entry music, since we were talking about it, I had heard that you wanted to change it. Is that true? Did you want to change it at one point? No, no. Actually, it originally, I, I first came out to, uh, you know, Wild Thing, right? Well, then uh, Sarah McKenna, who has been with the Red Sox for years, takes care of the Wilds, and, you know, i got to give her props, man. She was like, you know, we got to step this up. And I was like, let's step it up, you know? And so she got in, ta- in contact with Uh-oh. You broke. It's, it's, all, it's all downhill after that. 
Well, we lost you there for a second, but we get the gist of it. So, uh, all right. Well, and you're proclaiming best of all time, best entrance music of all time. No question. I mean, you got to look at a lot of different things when 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 it comes into the, into play. Number one, the fans. The fans of Boston went absolutely. I'm not even allowed to cuss them out. They went nuts, right? And um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you know, Yankee Stadium with Mo, it was all great and everything, but you know, it just didn't have the same effect. Now, I will say, Diaz is a close second. Ooh. To think Ocho. Oh, all right. Then you I had You had the great idea on the podcast about selling trumpets to the fans. Yeah, did they listen to me or no? Uh, they may have. Or do we need to do that, Rob? Uh, well, I mean, I, mean, we, I know we, you we got just... a daughter's wedding to come, to pay for here soon, so um you know, I think that could be a little spare cash it, for you. It is true. The open bar is going to swing on whether or not it can sell trumpets for the Edwin Diaz. Rob, you're going to be out in Flushing Meadows <laughs> just selling trumpets on the sidewalk. All right, hey, listen, Pap. So, uh, all right, we've, we've got, to, we got that out of the way. Best walk-in music of all time. Brian Barrett's here, and he has a question about, which I think is going to scratch right where you itch. Okay, go ahead, Brian. Okay, Pap. So did you see the game a couple of weeks ago when Sale got his finger injured? Yes, I did. Okay, so in the, the first games. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so in the first inning, of course, Rafi had been owning Cole, so Cole knocked him down, right? In that first inning, Rafi kind of looked back at him. I'm wondering this. So today or tomorrow, if there's a blowout, either way, should somebody on the Red Sox knock down a Yankee? No question about. That's a dumb question. Dumb question. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, they haven't yes, reacted yes, yet. That's my yes, problem. Yes. And, and, and well, see, this is the problem with the game today is it's changed, and you know you throw at people now, and then you got you get suspended and all the other BS, and it's like just let the players police the game. That's what I miss about the game now is you look in the past, and the players were the ones who policed the game, not the damn umpires or the coaches or any of them. It was the players, and that is what the game has lost, and. You know, like, here's another thing, too, is this whole Tatis stuff, man, like, man, I'm, it, it, it almost enrages me because, you know, I worked my ass off for so much, so hard, and did it the right way, you know? And for me to see stuff like that, man, it just, man, it hurts me so bad. And, and like, I'll tell you right now, that if I was pitching, Every single time I face that dude, I'm drilling him. I don't care if I'm bringing in a run and losing the game. That's why we need you back in the game, Pap. Well, That's why we need you. I mean, well, Pap, I don't know if you saw. So his, it's not a lot of times where you see the teammates throw a guy under the bus as well. I mean, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. You well, see it's that? half of them. I don't know if you saw it. They, they, they were saying, you know, hey, he ain't been here all year. We ain't needed him. So we don't need him anymore. So I think that his teammates are pissed off about it, number one, because now they got to answer all these damn questions about it instead of focusing on what really matters. You see what I'm saying? And so, in my opinion, uh, as this continues, the Padres are just going to just fall by the wayside. <laughs> well, who was the player? So I gave an example of a guy. Uh, you remember Brendan Donnelly? You remember him? Yeah, 
Yeah, so yeah. he actually, I remember he came back, and I was trying to remember the guy. He came back, and he, he said on the record, he's like, I came back for the sole purpose of hitting this guy. Like, he did not like a certain guy. I don't know who it was. But uh, yeah, it, it it was it was um, Joey. Uh, I don't know. He played for the Mariners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, was there a guy yeah. that was there a guy that you like disliked? Where he's like, hey, man, if I don't either, I'm going to brush him back. I'm going to make him uncomfortable, or maybe I'm going to give him one in the ribs. Yeah. Okay. Randy Machado, uh, Sammy Sosa. I mean, dude, I could go on and on. But the thing is, though, is it's a mutual respect from the players, and all that is gone, Rob. Like, it's all gone. And so I I feel like that's what's missing from the game. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's one of those things now where, I mean, look, if if you're not protecting your team, I mean, it's it's like – do you want to give in to the bully on the block and keep getting your ass kicked every day, or are you going to punch back? You know what I mean? Well, well let me ask you this. This is Jonathan Papelbon's joining us here on the Bradford Show. And so uh, let me ask you this. So to Brian's point, how impactful is it when you do get in a scrap with somebody, when somebody does do that for your team? And, and obviously, uh, you know, you can go back. You had a few of these. But how impactful is it for a team – to, to have that sort of unity and ha- know that you have each other's backs and know that, yeah, you bet the bullpen's emptied out and, and we're getting into it with it. How, is that like, is that a cliche thing or is it a very real thing that can help a team? Absolutely not. Rob, let me answer this question, right? Yes. What happened? Okay. For all the years, I mean, you could go back from to the seventies to the early two thousands with the Red Sox Yankees beat up the Red Sox, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. Okay, well, then what happened when Pedro comes along and then Shill comes along and all these guys that are saying, you know what, we're not going to take this anymore, right? And they start punching back on the Yankees. Well, then you create an environment and a culture of, hey, look, we're not, we're not standing down, back down from nobody. So then what happens? Red Sox win no four. And then you create that culture. What happens next? Red Sox win in 07, 13. You keep going on and on. So I believe it has a huge effect. Can I give you a flip side of that? Would it happen against you guys? And maybe you'll disagree with this. But Tampa. Tampa Bay. The, J- the James, James Shields Coco Crisp thing, right? I mean, Tampa no was. No question. Tampa about was it. like, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're the worst team in the division, and Joe Madden's trying to get things going. But then you got in a fight with the big bad Red Sox, like right? No question about it. And then what happens, right? They end up beating us, going to the World Series, and you know I was I was a firm believer in if if the if if Tampa would not have had that kind of culture and atmosphere grow with the veteran like James Shields, we would have ran through them again, and we would have won another championship because Philly at the time I think they had Cole Hamels and. You know, we, we might have gotten, you know, it, it, we would have whooped them too. But there, there's no question about it. And that's what's, that's what's gone today. But, um, shoot, man, at the end of the day, what are you going to do now? Because the game has changed and, and the rules have changed. And with yeah. the rules changing, you know, it changes the game with the rules. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, Pap, I have a question for you. So you've been outspoken about Heimblum. I'm wondering from your perspective, based on what transpired at the trading deadline, what didn't happen before the season, a bunch of these guys, the Devers, the Bogarts without extensions, what do you think the conversations are internally in the clubhouse right now between the players? I'll tell you what they are. WTF. <laughs> WTF what is going on, okay? Because – as a player, you almost want that GM to kind of be w- a- another player and say, "All right, guys, look, you didn't cut it this year, so we're going to cut. We're going to cut the cord, and we're sellers." And you make it very clear. Or, hey, guys, look, man, we're fighting our asses off, and we're going to go out and we're going to get you some help. Well, I, I, I just think with Blue, there's so many mixed signals and. You know, it's just like players are sitting there in the in, in the clubhouse just with no clue. And that creates doubt. And that creates, you know, an atmosphere of, you know, what's our job? And, and it just it, it starts to fester, man. And that's, I think, what's going on. Well, when you – have you ever – I can't even remember a team that would be like this for you. But a team where they say, hey, listen, we're building and we're going to build for sustainability and for the future and everything else. Because when you were playing here, everything was, no, we got to win now. And if we don't win now, we're going we're gonna to invest even more the next year. And even in Philadelphia, I think it was like that for you guys, right? I mean, you were never on that team where, uh, you know what, it's just patience, patience, patience. It, it was never like that for any of your teams. No, I, I- – I was fortunate enough to never be on one of those teams until about my third or fourth year in Philadelphia when it, you know, Ruben Amaro was handed, no lie, he was handed a key, in Philadelphia. I went there, one, because they were the, the ones that wanted me the most, and two, I thought I was going to go there and win two more championships, at least, Rob. I mean, you look at what we had. We had Roy Halladay, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hambles, Cliff Lee, myself. I mean, Ruben Amaro was handed the, the keys to a damn Lamborghini and crashed it. <laughs> and then we get to the point where it's like, okay, well, that's gone, and – Everybody knew at, at, at some point now we're going to be complete sellers and this is all gone. Well, at least players knew that. You know what I'm saying? At least players could could ex- know what to expect. But mm. I, I think it's just a real bad deal when the players are sitting there in the clubhouse looking at each other saying, what's going on? It's hard to play that way, man. Yeah, and like I said, with the Red Sox, I don't think – I don't remember that ever happening. I mean, because it just wasn't accepted. There was it was expected that you were going to win, and if you weren't going to win, they were going to like pay way above market value for anybody for anybody that was going to help them win. I mean, go back to it, Pat. Correct. I mean, uh, Lackey, uh, Carl Crawford. Um, you know, like they, they, when they wanted a guy, they're going to blow him away. And I'm not Ad- saying that's always Adrian right Gonzalez. Thing. Adrian Gonzalez, yeah, right? I mean, we're, you think, yeah, you, like uh, trading Anthony Rizzo was not an easy decision, but we say we get we need this guy to win the here and the now. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 